knowing what to eat is the easy part. Actually doing it is where people struggle. What you do after the diet is just as important as the diet itself. Focus on food quality for health and food quantity for weight loss. Patience is the least utilised tool in most diets. I don't mind a superfood salad, but I prefer pizza. Don't throw the kitchen sink at it. Pick a training method you enjoy. That's the advice. Generally, most people don't lift heavy enough. Think of me as the Alan Partridge of the fitness industry. If you haven't thought about your death row meal, then we can't be friends. Cheese oh, is hard to chew. Hard to, say, hard to say as well. It's hard to chew. Oh, yes, we've got that. Brilliant. <laughs> Add that into the beginning. <laughs> oh, a good bit of fake cheese. Who doesn't love it? Welcome to the Not Another Fitness podcast with myself, Amy Rambo Rammers Ramshead. And over on Zoom, my wonderful co host, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi. How You're are right. You? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Thank you. It's been a while, isn't it? It's been so long. <laughs> Double recording today. Um, Don't ruin the magic. Sorry. I mean, it was sorry. already ruined at the back end of the last episode. It's weird, isn't it, to think that there'll be a week between people hearing this. I know. When for us, it's a matter of probably two minutes. What just will enough, be? Where just will enough we time be? for you to eat cheese. And, yeah, uh, eat fake cheese. I've got a protein bar here that I'm just going to have to look at for the next 45 minutes <gasps> as well. Um, where will we be when this is released? You'll be in Barbados. Yep. On a beach. Maybe. Maybe in a swimming pool. I will be at work. So I'll either be at the gym or doing check-ins. Probably be eating, actually. Yeah, it's eating time. So, yeah, love a good afternoon snack. Um, Yeah, freezing my tits off because it's cold today and it's only going to get colder, isn't it? The hot water bottle's out, isn't it, Rambo? Oh, not quite yet, but it is at home. So (laughs) I got... I bought this hot water bottle from Primark, I think it was from, but I think they do them in home bargains as well. Anyone that loves a hot water bottle, this is like a three foot long hot water bottle. So it basically goes the whole width of the bed. Um, So I fill it up and I put my feet on it while I'm doing my puzzle in the evening. And then I hug it when I go to bed and it's basically the whole length of like my body it's amazing anyone that gets really cold in bed definitely recommend getting one of those massively long hot water bottles it's great I'll pass that one on to my mum does she get cold oh yeah she gets cold bless her oh so is it's not it's not your mum Sue is it it's not Sarah's mum Doors Doors that's it Doreen or Doors Doors love that I was, chatting to, I was chatting to one of my clients today and we were talking about um, the subjects of names come up and I was like, yeah, mum's called uh, Doreen. I always call her Doors. And I remembered when I started calling her Doors, I was like a teenager and I thought it was funny. Mm. She was like, don't call me that. And that was like a red rag to a ball. She's been Doors. stuck. She's been Doors ever since. Doors ever since, eh? It's a great name, Doreen. I mean, she doesn't listen to the podcast. So I don't Doreen. Think. Do you remember that Soreen advert? Doreen's having her Soreen. Did I sing that at my mum when I was growing up <laughs> incessantly? Yes, I did, Rambo. That's probably where <laughs> it all started, to be fair. <laughs> Shh, Doreen's having her Soreen. I love yeah. that Soreen. I think I remember doing that. I mean, this is like come full circle with my sister recording a radio show on like a tape deck, like screaming that into the wow. uh, microphone. Yeah. Wow. Shout out Jembo if you're listening. She <laughs> might be listening. 
Love that. That's so funny. That's so funny. All oh, right. What are we chatting about this time, mate? Don't you know? <laughs> no, you've kept it. Uh, you've well, I don't know half of it. You've kept this pretty cloak and cloak and dagger, though. You. I have. Well, basically, because we're recording these back to back, we're like, right. Rambo picks one, I pick one. Rambo, nice and organised, had it all in the Google sheet, ready to roll. Me, slightly more off the cuff. I was thinking, that's what I was thinking, mate. Mm. Thinking, as I do in the gym sometimes with clients, if I dropped off the face of the earth, if I just wasn't around anymore, what would I talk about? How would I? How would I leave? <laughs> what would I leave people with? Um, so this is a little bit of a kind of philosophical kind of ramble but like it's on the subject or kind of three of our or four of our kind of big subjects weight loss muscle gain injury and just kind of like enjoying the process but we'll kind of come to that at the end yeah but I was trying to because like we had that episode where I got very animated a few (laughs) a few weeks ago (laughs) around calorie deficit and I was thinking about like weight loss in general and I suppose just to reiterate, if you didn't have the, the pleasure of listening to that last one, I mean, Rambo, I'll ask you the question. Like someone comes to you, Amy, I want to lose weight. Well, where do I start? What do I do? What are you going to tell them? Well, you need to be consuming less energy than you burn. Okay. And that is the end of the podcast. That is Bye-bye. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. And I think like, even though that is true, <laughs> That is true. I think one of the things I want, I want to kind of get away from, once you know that, once you know if you have to be in an energy deficit, something we talk about like a ton is like, you know, why do you want to do it? The last podcast we spoke about like the soft factors around it, why it's not just as simple as that, like in the real world. But I think there's another, there's something else that I want to try and get across to people. And how often would you say, mate, when you're when you ask people in that consultation you know what would you like to get from this well you know maybe what the goals are how what would the outcome like to be how often do you reckon the word confidence comes up um 50 percent. yeah so i'd say like at least you that I'd i'd say that's fair and i would say sometimes when you get talking to someone it might come up it might not be the initial thing they say so they might just be like, right, I just want weight loss. But then you're like talking about maybe that you ask them to expand on it and then maybe talk. So this is like a common one. Um, you know, I want to be able to go into a changing room in a shop, try clothes on and kind of feel good. I, want to I feel think right. the word comfortable comes up more Com- than confident. Perfect. Yeah. That, some kind of combination of that. Yeah. Right? What, like feel comfortable in my, in, in my own skin or in, cl- in, you know, going shopping and stuff. I actually have that. The, the kind of next leap from that is then confident because you feel good you feel comfortable so then you feel good you stand a bit taller da, da, da. yeah um but whether it's like comfortable whether you use confidence as a word i think something that people think that weight loss is going to kind of give them is it's like this kind of a to b right so once i get the weight off everything's going to be all right like i'm going to feel comfortable i'm going to feel confident i'm going to be like a new person and they're kind of there's all this kind of like, uh, I suppose, expectation wrapped up in it. And I know this is something that we've we've spoken about on the on the podcast before, but I don't think I still don't think people believe that. Do you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like they think that once they get to a certain weight, 
or a certain look or fit in a certain item of clothing that they're going to fundamentally change as a person. And <laughs> it's like being like the deliverer of bad news. You're probably not. Mm. Or whatever up until this point in your life has caused you unhappiness is not suddenly going to not make you unhappy anymore. <laughs> yeah as well it's not suddenly going to be like you see that number on the scales and oh everything's okay yeah you know yeah. like life life can just go on a, a measurably more pleasurable pleasurable manner like it, it yeah it unfortunately it doesn't work like that no and but there is I think there is like a kind of silver lining or like maybe something that people don't really think about and it's underappreciated and that's the process of getting there and i think there's so much fixation on like the goal weight or the the finish line whatever it might be and i think the reason why you get people that do have a good experience and they're kind of so people see people lose weight and they're buzzing and they're like oh my god i want some of that i want a piece of that action but the ones that kind of sustain that level of uh, whether it's confidence whether it's happiness whatever however you want to define it it's because it's not because of the weight they get to it's because of the fact they've they've implemented something that was hard and stuck to it they've learned something along the way they've developed another c word an element of control which they maybe didn't have before may hopefully if you're with a good coach you've been educated on the process and it's it is the feeling of being empowered it's like oh i'm not a slave to this stuff anymore i can if I want to lose weight, I know it's a, a calorie deficit. That's fairly straightforward. And actually, maybe I've learned that, God, that first part of the diet was really easy. But man, the last part when life stress took over, it was a lot harder. And just, but just walking the walk and knowing that, I think is massive. Like, I think, I, yeah. No, go on, mate. No, 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 please continue. I interrupted. Yeah, I, I just think that I, that's so underappreciated. It is basically like boiled down. It's, it's the journey where the magic happens it's not the crossing of the finish line at the end of it yeah i completely agree and um like we mentioned on the last podcast we recorded sorry i was talking about nutrition coaching and how initially like i suggest for most of my clients depending on what they want like uh, especially if it's like a relationship with food thing ultimately with maybe fat loss i suggest about two months because the beauty comes in the autonomy and that gives you the confidence to know that you can do something um, and not put barriers in your way. Um, I started writing again recently, like very recently in the last week or so. I started writing and like writing like blog posts and stuff. And there's something that I wrote. And you know how sometimes it's uh, writing is very much a th form of therapy and you write things down that you've never actually said out loud. Um, and I wrote something down and I was like, diet, dieting is just a combination of decisions that you just make on a day-to-day -day basis. Exactly like you said, Andy, like, do I have that biscuit when I go in the petrol station? Do I do, like we said on the last podcast, like, do I choose to cook in butter? Do I choose to have a biscuit when I'm in the office? Shall I, um, do I have that piece of cake? Shall I choose the chicken breast over the baked 
you know, lasagna and garlic bread. And like, it is just a combination of decisions. The people find that where the people who find dieting the most difficult is they don't have the confidence in their own decision-making. They don't think they can do it. Um, but when you take someone on a process of, you know, a journey, and this happens in the gym as well with training, just giving them that belief that they are in control over their own decision making and instilling that confidence, that is so much more important than the destination. So much more important. It's not the number on the scales that's or lifting the weight that they are going to carry with them for the rest of their lives. It is the confidence in their own ability that they can do it, that they're going to carry with them for the rest of their lives. And that is where the beauty comes. Amen to that. Amen to that. If you're embarking on a weight loss journey, basically don't be a lemming and just you know blindly follow a diet plan, especially if you're working with a trainer or a coach. Ask questions, like be inquisitive, learn, soak it all up register the highs register the lows along the way what worked well what didn't what can you repeat what do you want to avoid and then you'll still get there like you people loads of people get results loads of people get that you know like the before and after photo and stuff but the ones that sustain it in the long term learn they learn something and that's so yeah take that opportunity while you're in it because when you're in it you you it's not as easy to make objective decisions when you're in it that's hopefully where a coach comes in but it's really hard to get the feeling back. Like that's something that you can kind of try and whether it's write it down on paper, that feeling when you're in it and it's happening, it's like, oh my God, I wish I could bottle this. Mm. Appreciate that at the time. Um, and yeah, hopefully when you need it again, you can tap back into it. Yeah. That's just a, yeah. It's like weight loss. There's like, there's like two parts of it. Calorie deficit. It's like the first one, which is like a two word has to happen. But the, yeah, the other part of it just... You try it and even if you don't enjoy the journey because you know who enjoys dieting um but try and learn from it i would say that'd be like my recommendation in terms of weight loss yeah massively for sure what's next on your manifesto mate gaining muscle um three points or first of all, i'm going to group two sets of people in so first one we're going to take the hard gainer or as i like to call them wanky air quotes hard gainer what advice would you give to a hard gainer mate struggles to gain muscle by the way for for those listening out there uh train harder eat more food <laughs> okay we can end the podcast there <laughs> and I, I would oh and, and actually i would say again i'll kind of i'll boil down this group a little bit more i would say the people that we meet that uh, would class themselves as hard gainers or i oh, can't gain muscle i find it really difficult most of them are training hard maybe not optimally but they're you know they're coming to the gym on a regular but so let's take that group the ones that are coming to a gym on a regular basis there's some semblance of effort there their sessions are intense yeah for these people you have to eat more you have to eat more and i know that sounds like really simplistic but just like with weight loss, if you're in a deficit, you're going to lose weight. If you're in a consistent calorie surplus, you are going to gain body tissue. You're going to gain a bit of fat. You're going to gain a bit of muscle. You're going to hold a bit more fluid when you're well-fed, all that kind of stuff. But if you're like at a loss and you're like training's on point, you have to eat more. 
And that's where maybe you actually do reach out for a little bit of help as to how to do that. If you are packing in five, six meals a day and you still can't put on weight, maybe just ask a PT um, for some tips um, or a nutritionist for some nutritional advice around how to do that. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't even have to be that scientific. Um, However, you do need to eat more. Yeah. And and this is where things like, you know, uh, liquid calories can come into their own yeah. or whether it's eating bigger meals or eating more snacks or whatever it may be. Yeah. Go and speak to a coach, but the bottom line is whatever that coach tells you, it's going to be a series of instructions or tips or recommendations to have you eating more. So if you can get your head around that, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a big one. It's, it's where a lot of, this is definitely, I would say for the younger members of the audience, it's where a lot of people stall and I feel like, whereas with weight loss, there's a, t- a ton of lifestyle factors that come in and you're dealing yeah. with hunger for gaining. I feel like it's easy. <laughs> like it Mate, should, it the, way, be easy. the way you just said, oh, for the younger people, this is where it stalls. Take advantage of being younger and just smack in the calories <laughs> where you can. Like when you're older, it's harder to strip it back. Well, mate, well that that is that's a segue without you even realizing you've just oh, uh, you just know like the segue. Mind. So on one end of the spectrum, we've got the hard gainer, the, the guy or girl who just can't seem to gain muscle. On the other end of the spectrum, let's call them the dirty bulkers. Ah. Oh. And these people have got no problem gaining weight. But they go so far to the other end of the spectrum, as in, well, I'm gaining muscle now. So this is like, I've basically turned myself into a bin and everything's going in. (laughs) And look, you can, you will definitely gain muscle doing that. Again, let's assume that training's on point. You're definitely going to gain muscle by doing that. But you're going to gain a lot of body fat at the same time. And I think this is something that I would say, again, a common held belief amongst people that train that are kind of savvy to a, to a level. You, they think that they can force muscle tissue gain. And unfortunately, if you're doing it naturally, it's slow. Mm. It's again, take someone, they've been training for five years. They've had the newbie gains they're They've got good program in place. They're training hard. They're working with a PT even if you start gaining like a couple of pounds a week, you know, over three quarters, that's probably going to be body fat. So just bear that in mind. And I would say, consider going at a slower rate. Mm. Um, How would you suggest doing that then for somebody that is just packing in pizzas and kebabs and burgers every night? Like, so just do one of them, not all. Yeah, of them. yeah. Don't have the meal deal. Um, so, say you have got a dirty bulker, and they, um, but they they don't know how else to do it because they don't have any nutritional knowledge. What would be your first port of call with a dirty bulker to actually maybe just stop them putting on body fat as quickly? Well, the reason the reason I pick like the two of you know hard gainer and dirty bulker is because it's either end of the spectrum. Right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, so I'd say like dirty bulker just lean too much into. They almost see it as an excuse to eat as much junk as they can. So I would say like it's just a shift in mindset. Like think about what you would do if you were dieting, as in whole foods, kind of cleaner, let's call them food. Do that. And then just increase the portion sizes, but it gives you that opportunity. If you want to have a pizza at the weekend, or if you want to have 
um, you know, fish and chips when you're down at the seaside. You can kind of do that because you've got calories to play with. So this thing that we said potentially two podcasts ago, like a gaining diet and a, a cutting diet, yeah, basically the same. Basically the same, but but slightly different quantities. Um, and the reason, one of the reasons why I think hard gainers struggle moving back to them is that maybe they they try and go so clean and so pristine with the diet just struggle to get enough calories in or mm-hmm. if there's so much protein and fiber in there their appetite's on the floor and they just can't get in so actually for them you want to be like mate, have a donut yeah like the rest of the diet's exemplary we need some calories in here yeah. so it's a, I, again this is one of those things where i kind of feel like it's another area that gets over complicated yeah and we can talk about the people that are already tracking macros and using fitness power and are very aware of, of their grand totals and stuff, you can definitely start talking about, right, I think carbs would be a good thing to increase because it's going to have a, uh, a beneficial or potential beneficial effect on training. So we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at um, increasing glucose around training sessions, or we're going to look to have a start your carb source first thing in the morning to support that lunchtime training session, whatever, you know, you can be a bit more, prescriptive for most people don't need to worry about that yeah (laughs) most people most people it's like just eat a little bit more maybe you introduce so someone was like look i'm maintaining weight um i don't know what to do like i feel like i've got a pretty good balance brilliant bang a shake in an extra shake and a, a bit of fruit there's another 300 calories do that until the scales plateau again and then rinse repeat yeah or just as a drizzle of olive oil as well to your uh, to your Sim- salad. Simple things, mate. Simple smash things. Smash a, a um, pumpkin spice latte. It's the season for it now. It's <laughs> yeah. coming. Yeah. Uh, but something that so these two people, even though their diets can be kind of all over the place, there is like a common thread that I think if you want to gain muscle, in both cases, so for the hard gainer and the dirty bulker, in both cases, resistance training progression is essential mm. progression is essential and i would say my note here is training progression is essential and periodization is strongly recommended because mm. you there's people that have gained muscle that have not got a plan mm. <laughs> that just go in and their their makeup is to get <laughs> rambo puts hand in air because <laughs> um, if you've got like a you know if you love training at high intensity and pushing yourself yeah you're probably going to make gains you might not have every volume you know the total volume of every session mapped out and you know it might not be a beautiful um you know ramped program 12 week macro cycle you know what i mean you might not have that but if you go in there and you're kind of giving your all maybe you maybe you track uh two or three of the key lifts then that's great. But there has to be some progression, whether it's weight on the bar, whether it's more reps, maybe it's an extra set, decrease rest, improve range of movement, whatever it may be, that has to happen. And that's actually a good indication that, ah, I'm gaining more muscle mass here because I can lift more. You know, there's more of me to shift that weight. Um, so, yeah. And that would also, would you agree, if you're progressing, lifting more weight, there's going to come a point where you might actually start to think like while the weight starts to plateau, the lifts might start to plateau. That should also factor in some kind of maybe like deload or rest. Um, I mean, yeah, this is why I think, again, I know plenty of people who don't do that. (laughs) I mean, I mean, sometimes they're injured a lot, but I know people who don't do that. I think that's where periodization, if you're working to that level and especially when you've been training for a while. So 
almost by default you're shifting more total volume yeah. because you're strong then period uh, then periodization then um deloads become yeah again not essential but i just do it advisable advisable yeah and, and, and i think i think like you said to avoid injury if anything else and that's yeah. that's the key thing for me and just go like it lets you go again it lets you kind of reset and then build up again so maybe you change the lifts and you do yeah. something else because like as much as i'd love it like if every time you went to the gym you just got stronger and yeah. you just got stronger we'd all have like a thousand kilo deadlifts yeah. You know, if, yeah. That, if that progression carried on from like the first six months, you yeah. just yeah. But there's obviously a natural a natural plateau that you hit or yeah. ceiling that you hit for sure. And the thing I like about I suppose the way we set our lifestyles up, and I say we, I mean like the general population of like regular gym goers that are that do want to make progression is um deloads almost happen quite naturally like say you have a holiday or you've got christmas or you've just taken a few days off or like deloads do tend to happen quite naturally but oh, if you yeah, are mate, bang on, bang yeah on. so like i'm just thinking of like the normal joe blogs listener that is like oh i've been training for ages i must need a deload and it's like no 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 you don't if you're just training for health if you're enjoying the gym if you're not injured if your numbers are going up but just very organically maybe it takes four to six weeks and you're like oh that feels a little bit easier than it did a few weeks ago I'm just gonna go up that's natural that's normal that's not very you know that's not following a specified but like specified program of you need to lift 75 percent for six reps like it's you don't need a deload if, no. if you're just the normal gym goer and I think within a within an eight week or certainly a 12 week period for most of my clients there will be a holiday a half term a bout of illness yeah work commitment children ill so, you know the child's ill can't get child there'll be one of those yeah that sure. naturally falls in and if it and if it doesn't happen like a half term will kick in it'll be like oh we're going away or yeah. you know child care and that kind of stuff so there's the, the like you said there is like a natural break that normally occurs but i mean honestly if you're looking in your diary and you think bloody hell i've had a week off in 12 16 weeks then maybe consider it or yeah. just come in one week and be like right just gonna you know, just going to go a bit easier, easy. stretch a bit more, do a bit more mobility and that stuff, which brings us nicely on to injuries, the injuries and recovery portion of the pod. This one is very relevant at the moment. So I've got a couple of my, couple of my kind of close clients that are going through uh, bouts of injury and not through, not through any fault of their own. It just tends to be, this is just something that when you train on a regular basis, you almost have to accept a level of I'm going to get a niggle. And it's like, when you get a niggle, the trick is not turning that into like a full blown injury when you're off for like weeks and months on end. Um, so I wrote a little bit here. Injuries can be incredibly frustrating mentally as well as physically, uh, uh, mentally as well as physically uh, debilitating. And I think the people that we work with training a lot of the time is such a fundamental part of their life and even their identity in some cases that it's not just to a non-gym goer or non-exerciser being told, yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything for four weeks. People will be like, that's only four weeks. If someone loves training and they can't do anything, or maybe they're robbed of the thing that they love, 
it's like I don't want to exaggerate it, but I want to say like it's like losing a limb, but it's it's like losing a part of you for a period of time, and the not knowing when that's going to come back can be terrifying. And it's it's the mental manifestations of that more than it is the physical for a lot of people. When 100%. when Andy when Andy says it's like losing a limb, it's like it's like. The gym for a lot of people is so much more than just a way to physically express themselves. It is 45 minutes to an hour for themselves. It's the wind down after a long day. It's the way to process and download everything that's happened during the day. Maybe it's the only time that day they get to listen to music, to actually see people and socialize. Maybe that's the only time they get to spend away from their spouse their kids. And when you have that taken away from you because of an injury, no matter how debilitating, that whole coping mechanism, and I mean that healthy coping mechanism, not having that mental, that place for your head to go and actually cope and, you know, you know, manifest the stress into something physical can be really, 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 really challenging. Yeah. Uh, absolutely and it's this is like whenever we spoke on the last podcast about you know we I think we're talking about it in reference to nutrition clients but um or even PT clients you know when a session hasn't gone well for mm. whatever reason you kind of go home like me and you both do the same thing you know thinking about it in bed like ruminating on it oh, what could I have done differently that kind of thing well when a client gets injured or tweaks something in a session, it's that times about a thousand because mm. I am literally like replaying in my head. So doing this with Mandy the other day, like we we're doing, like she came in into the session, you know, like let's just say like a ton of life stress um, she was bringing into the session. And, and I was talking to the physio about this and we were discussing it. And, and I was like, the thing is, I was like, sometimes someone comes in, like any client comes in and they've got, you know, the, they've got a ton of stress at work or family or whatever it may be. And you give them that hour and they walk out of there and they're like, it's, you couldn't have done a better thing for them. It's like yeah. the best. And it's like when sessions go like that, it's amazing. Mm. But unfortunately, you'll get one every once in a while where probably the thing to do was maybe pull back a little bit. And then like, so she was doing a lift, kind of like back tweaked, like she was all right, but she was like, oh, it feels a bit stiff. Woke up the next day, it's got a bit worse, you know, struggling to bend. And, and you know, kind of now we're in that kind of recovery phase and stuff, but it's, I will go through setup. I'll go through warm up. I'll go through what I said in the set. How, how was she, when she walked through the door, should we have been doing that exercise? Was it too technically difficult? Was the load appropriate? Should I have been a bit stronger and stepped in? Should I have mm -hmm. actually let her all these things? And, and you know what, like you can wrap yourself up in knots. And the, and the answer is like on some days you might have to take a different approach than others. And you cut, this is where we talk about the, the art versus the science. And sometimes there is definitely an art to this stuff. And I was trying to think, I was like, right, if someone goes into the gym and they've got a niggle, or maybe they're listening to this now and they've gone to the gym and they've felt something and they're like, mm, that, you know, my back's a bit stiff or my knee's a bit creaky. I was trying to think of like a, a system. I was like, right, how would we, I know everyone's different, but like to give like a broad strokes, kind of like, how do you approach injury? Like actually some kind of tangible, um, let's call it a time frame. So what, like what we said before about this, a lot of this stress can come from the unknown and how many weeks it's going to be. Do I need to get a scan? Should I see a physio? Should I ice it? 
Should I strap it? Should I train? Should I, should I stretch? This is not like an exhaustive list, but I was like, I've, I've written down like five R's basically. So the first one is just relates to like the time frame is days. So you go to the gym, you go to do a deadlift, you feel something go in your back. You're not like being rushed away in an ambulance, but it's stiff. It's painful. It's not right. For the next 48 hours, I would rest that. So like for, for the next few like days, I would say this is you need to rest. Just let things settle down. Yeah. Let the inflammation come out. Does it feel better or worse after a few days, maybe a week, second R is you retest it. That doesn't mean jumping back in and doing a deadlift, but like maybe you practice that hip hinge movement. Is it still stiff? And like when I work with clients, if they get like little niggles and twinges, if after a couple of weeks, so I would say the next R is refer. If after like two to four weeks, there's no progress. That's when I'm getting on the phone or going into James's room, the physio, James Boyd, check out his episode on the podcast. And I'll say, right, I'd like you to see James. I'd like to see, or see a physio, I'll see your physio, because I think, you know, it's not getting better naturally. So we maybe need to just get like a professional to have a look at it. And then it, let's say there is an issue. Let's say there's like some ligament, you know, James has a look. He's like, do you know what? Could be some like ligament damage there. Fourth R is rehab. So now you're looking at kind of like four to eight weeks. That's not precise either, but like as a rule of thumb, maybe like thinking of Lucy here, mm. Rambo with hers. Yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. looking at a month, probably four to mm. eight, eight weeks if you're unlucky. And that's if you do everything you're told. And that's if you do everything you're told. Fifth R I've put as radiology, which is basically MRI, ultrasound, X-ray, like some kind of imaging um, work. Because if it's getting worse or if it's there's no change after a couple of months, I would say. I mean, you can go sooner, don't get me wrong. But if after a couple of months, there's no progress, I think to me, that's like time to get a scan here, mm. time, time to check it out. So rest, retest, refer, rehab, radiology. And I'd say like the rehab part of things, like if you see a physio or even working with a PT and they give you a series of exercises to do, that period of time is probably the most crucial because mm -hmm. if it is like a soft tissue injury, I mean, you could put rest back in there again, but like rest and rehab and basically not aggravated well, it. That res responsibility. Like oh, nice one. Six hours. Six hours, you know. <laughs> because yeah there is a responsibility like we've both been injured before and I go to see the physio and she's like have you done your rehab I'm like I'm not gonna lie to you no why <laughs> um I forgot when I did remember I didn't make time for it okay it's gonna take you twice as long to recover okay fine that's my responsibility but you have to accept that and and physios see this all the time isn't it it's every I mean basically this is played out across a multitude of professions I'm sure but the ones that obviously stick out for us I would say food diary. Whenever you get someone to do a food diary and they know they come to see you, you, there's a good chance you'll get three or four days of impeccable eating. Oh yeah. Or the, the one I love the most is because I do this all the time. Go to the dentist, clean your teeth twice a day. Yep. You've been flossing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you haven't been, have you? Like, no, I've, yeah. been I've been flossing for the last week, like a maniac. <laughs> Only <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, you should. But you don't. And yeah. then that's my responsibility if I have to have a filling or whatever it or go and see yeah. the hygienist. Oh, that's a pleasant 20 minutes. Um I don't mind it anyway. Can't, can't stand it. Um yeah. So it I, I suppose, yeah, that's like a loose little framework. Like 
rest rest is days rehab's normally weeks and like yeah a scan if you if you start drifting into months i think it's worth getting a scan to know to know what you're dealing with but don't underestimate if, if you're suffering from an injury now i don't know if you can take comfort in the fact that everyone goes through it but everyone goes through it and 99.9% 99.9% of people will come out of the other side. And it's just, it is that patience again and just letting the body heal. And I would say, if, I, if you said to me, what's the one thing that causes like recurrence of injuries or for people from people like not healing as quick as they could, it's coming back too soon. Like, yeah. like I would put, I would put a decent amount of money on that. Like once you've done that first tweak or that niggle, if you can kind of hold your nerve and not come back and not push it as tempting as it may be, that's what will get you back quicker, yeah. back to where you were. For sure. Hard For sure. When, hard when you're in it though. Hard when you're Oh, in it. disgusting. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Not a nice time. No. Um, moving on to slightly more positive part of the pod. Um, the last part, which is kind of like about health philosophy and just enjoying the process and something that I think... I mean, I kind of bang on about enjoying the process a lot, whether it's in the gym or I think just life in general, like trying to make health and fitness um, something that you want to do as opposed to a chore. Again, this is something that's, that's come up again on previous pods, but try, yeah, trying to take some form of enjoyment with it. But in terms of like a philosophy, something that's really helped me personally, especially in the last year or so where having limited time or or time is more limited now with with max on the scene for sure is taking a slightly more uh, essentialist mindset or trying to discern like what is essential and part of this was like a little seed that was planted Uh, there's a brilliant book by uh, greg McEwen uh, called essentialism highly recommend it check it out um but like I, I made like a couple of notes on this. Like, so basically essentialist principles are when someone takes something on, they'll do so fully and invest themselves in doing it well. So it's kind of this uh, theory of it's less, but better. If that, that'd be the line less, but better. So you end up focusing a lot of your attention on things that I suppose, either things that matter, or if you want to apply it to the gym, focusing on the things that get results like if people are listening to this and they're like, and this is why I kind of started this with like, it always comes back down to calorie deficit. If you're going to focus on one thing for weight loss, it's going to be calorie deficit. If you're going to focus on one thing and you're struggling to gain muscle, it's eating a little bit more. If you're focusing on one thing in terms of injury or recovery, it would be giving the body time to heal. If you can nail them, if you can nail like the essential few, the rest of it, will kind of look after itself like it, it genuinely will um your thoughts on that mate oh no i love it like it's it's about i think we said it a couple of podcasts ago or i said it a couple of podcasts ago like and we've done a whole episode on it like what comes first the chicken or the egg the diet or the exercise pick one to start with and think about really nailing it down because that is when it will become a habit for lifetime. If you just go to the gym and you're like, you know what? I really want to get into the gym. And like, I'm going to maybe invest money in a personal trainer. I want to learn how to move. I want to get stronger. I know this is going to add years to my life. Um, And it doesn't matter when you start that journey. 
learn how to do that well and healthy behaviors breed healthy behaviors all of a sudden something else will follow and you'll be like this is really good but you know what I don't feel like I look any different maybe I need to look at my diet okay now I've got the gym nailed and I'm consistent and I'm happy and I love what I'm doing I love enjoy I like enjoy the gym that's that's a non-negotiable for me now I go three or four times a week let's look at the diet and then the next domino starts to fall and it's doing less doing it better you know it's it's like what we said about pts in the last episode those that don't try and do everything or aren't on social media is usually because they're too busy doing what they're doing and doing it really bloody well um it it's you know it's when you when you go to the person and they're like oh I've got this qualification and that qualification and this and they do that and I do that and sometimes they do mean a lot but sometimes it's like what do you actually do what do you actually like doing it's it's putting not putting all your eggs in one basket because or not spreading yourself so thin so many analogies here because you just you get overwhelmed you get really 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 overwhelmed and when you get overwhelmed with trying to make a lifestyle change that's when you kick the fuck it bucket you know and that's what people like Andy and I don't want you to do so we're the people that will talk ourselves out of business because we know do one thing and do it really really well and get that nailed and then come back to us and maybe we'll start to look at the diet or, oh, like, uh, yeah, I've got I've got a holiday in like three weeks. But, you know, I really want to lose a bit of weight. But, you know, like I'll go on this crash diet. OK, that's why it's just a three week crash diet, because it very rarely works afterwards. And because like Andy and I, the principles that underpin everything we do is what have you learned? What do you actually know? What do you, and not what have you learned in terms of a. An exam. An exam. <laughs> yeah. What have you learned about yourself? About yeah. yourself, because that is where the real beauty lies in all of this. There's two things that are linked in what you just said. I love what you just said there. There's two things that like stand out, what you just finished with, but also like almost like a little throwaway line in the middle of that. Like when you're asking questions, like, what do you like? which can yeah. seem such like, uh, we, we spoke about this in the previous pod, but like such an innocuous question, well, what do you like doing? And when we talk about like learning and knowing yourself, not just like rote learning for an exam so you can name the muscles, but trying something new, discovering that you like something, discovering that you like strength training, discovering that you like gymnastic training. A lot of this is kind of putting yourself out there potentially in like scary situations, but the coming kind of full circle on this pod the, this is so cliched, like the journey, enjoy the journey, but it's absolutely fundamental to long-term success and happiness because like dieting in itself, like if, if weight loss is the number one request when I meet with people, there is all nearly always an element of some kind of weight loss. And it's really, really hard to kind of derive enjoyment from a calorie deficit yeah. Like it's difficult. Like you can enjoy working with a coach. Hopefully, hopefully you do. But I do think as a long term, uh, as a long term feature, exercise, activity, movement, playing sport. I think this is something that everyone should do. I think this is something that everyone should enjoy. And the beauty of it is, you can pick something. Like you can pick anything you want to do. 
and and whether you are we're, we're just speaking there about like focusing on one goal at a time absolutely if you just want to be like right i just want to get some weight off first before i do that that's fine i get that early on but even then think about what's going to keep you doing this what's going to keep it off what's going to keep you coming back what's going to keep you healthy and it is finding things it is finding things that you enjoy. And there was like something I've been reading this book over the last week. And it's literally like the last two pages of it. It's called the uh, Rambo pronounce that for me. Oh, um, he, he, it looks like he, H Y G G E. I think it's pronounced like Hugi. Hugi. Yeah. Hugi. It's Swedish. Danish. Danish. Close enough. I mean, one of the Nordic <laughs> all, countries. All, all the same, right, mate? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The little book of it, uh, the Danish way to live well. And like the last, so the guy who wrote, the, the reason why this kind of piqued my interest is the guy who wrote it is basically, or I think it was a team of them that wrote it, but basically they work in a, a research center in Denmark that specializes in studying what makes people happy. And I, lo- I love this subject because essentially that's what we're doing work. Hopefully we leave them in a happier and better place. And one of the, literally the last paragraph here, quote, one of the most interesting findings in recent years is that the experience of positive emotions matters more to our overall well-being measured in terms of life satisfaction than the absence of negative emotions, although both are important. So that to me says, look, shit is going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. The negative stuff is kind of always going to be there. Like you can't get away from it. Like you're not going to have it all your own way, but it is on you to kind of create that positive environment or try and create those positive emotions. And a big part of that is taking steps to improve your health, try different sports, get to the gym. Honestly, it is, I mean, the guy like studies happiness. Like if you want to be happier, better life satisfaction it's just mm. yeah just do, do you know, it do you know what i take from that that mentality is everything you can have a very 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 stress-free life but if you choose to not be positive just because you don't have anything to be negative about you will be less happy than if you just choose to be positive and Count your chickens and just find some joy in every day. Practice gratitude. Mate, the gra- gratitude, the gratitude section in there, like yeah, you'll be of course. All all over that. Yeah, all like actually, that. like it sounds really silly, and I know we need to wrap up soon, but um little things like Jack and I come home and we have dinner together, and it's the one little thing we do every single day together because on a day-to-day basis we don't see each other. Our schedules are very different. When we sit down for dinner, we say we got in a really, we got in the habit of just going, how was your day? Yeah. Oh, it was fine. It was all right. Now we've actually stopped doing that. And we started saying things that are a little bit more specific. And this is a really easy way that you can practice gratitude and actually find something positive when there's nothing to be negative about. And now we say to each other, what did you learn today? Or it's something you do with kids or it's tell me something today that made you laugh or Oh, what made you smile today? Or what did you read today? Or what did you listen to today? Like actually taking time to reflect and think about what in that day has made you happy is going to make you infinitely happier than there being nothing to be negative about. Yeah. Completely. It's bizarre. It is so true. Yeah, it, re- it really is. It really is. But um, Amy's gone very zen over there now. <laughs> <laughs> why is am i right mate yeah like you said we're gonna have to wrap up there um 
apologies it's a little bit shorter today what was that 45 minutes do you reckon i think our listeners have been wanting a short one for quite a while <laughs> we want a five minute pod god damn veganism it. again <laughs> oh let's strap him for 90 minutes <laughs> yeah, we're just right in the universe we're just balancing it out <laughs> mate that was fun that's one of my favorites right it's been a pleasure um yeah all good i will see you uh i'll see you after my holiday oh you're gonna be so brown god i hope so god I hope you, so. although your face is gonna be white <laughs> underneath that beard Imagine, I, I won't be able to shave now will no I? you can't you're gonna be two different <laughs> colors oh that was fun mate real real nice have an amazing holiday thank you very much and uh yeah i'll catch you soon catch you on the flip side bye-bye take care bye-bye Thank you for listening to the Not Another Fitness podcast. If you'd like to join our ever-growing community, please log on to Facebook and request to join the Not Another Fitness podcast group. We really do appreciate all the feedback that you take the time to send myself and Andy, and you'll find our contact details in the Facebook group. If you want to inquire with either of us about working with us directly, send us a little email. If you have time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and jot down your thoughts in a little review. If you're listening via any other podcast provider, please just share it to your socials as it really does help get our little podcast out to more people. 